Hi, I'm Eddie. I run a comic shop and publish my own comic strip. And I'm Roger, and I run a comic shop and my very own Comic-Con. And I'm Joe, a lifelong fan who does all the real work to make our show go. Every week, we'll discuss the newest insider info that you won't get from your favorite comics and talk to some of our favorite creators and publishers. So come take a peek behind the counter with Tales from the Comic Shop, part of the Geek Nerd Network. Weekly on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. You're one of them, aren't you? No. I'm something else. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate up here. Now, here I am. your trade franchise goodbye hey everybody welcome to the beginning of season two of kiss your franchise goodbye don't know are we gonna call this season something new people soon to be named something different part duh (laughs) pretty pretty princesses Uh. kiss me andy kiss me like you've never kissed me before i think we should podcast why (laughs) This is like number five. Automatically muted. Anyway, something something about princesses and Dolly Parton and feminism, and that's why we're all here together to talk about a movie that embodies all of those principles. Blade, <laughs> starring Wesley Snipes. <laughs> hey, everybody! I'm your host, Andy Wilson. Go read my stuff on graphic policy and bleeding cool. Uh, <laughs> We've gathered everyone here today. Uh, let's start with the Utah contingent. Brooke Heim, how are you doing, Brooke? I'm doing well. I'm actually doing really well. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> glad to be here this week and loving my environment. We love you so much and we missed you the last couple of weeks. So thank you for being here. Last uh, week. Oh, wait, were you? Uh, I'm getting all my weeks mixed up. No, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, yes. I missed um, you too. Oh, we missed you, Brooke, is the most important thing. That's right. For also, here, <laughs> you need potato chips, is what the you pers- need. The person who won't go away so we can miss him more, JB Flinders. No way. Wanna, he was gone last week, too. I want to say I'm excited to talk about a Marvel movie. That has the character and depth of plot not seen since Iron Man three. Was <laughs> <laughs> Mark? Mark, I thought you liked. I thought you'd like that dig. I guess. Speaking of, I, the biggest fan of Iron Man three, Mark DeLeon in San Antonio. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Mark, how you doing? They're good. Everything's good. All's good. Great. Yeah, yeah. Not like our state isn't just a hellhole, right? It, it is. I'm just glad also, you guys have power. Yeah, that's. Well, that was two months ago. You don't need you don't need power to load up your semi-automatic in Texas. Seriously, I don't know. Some, some which, which even my gun-loving family thinks this is a stupid idea. That should just tell you everything you I need know, to know. But Texas Indeed. is stupid. Oh, yeah. We are stupid, but who is not stupid here in Texas? 
Melissa. Me. Thank you so Returning much. Returning champion. That's right. Eighty-seven <laughs> weeks in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for for being here. I'm I'm so excited. I'm so excited that you're all here. We're starting <clears throat> this new series with Blade. Um, my gosh, what a weird set of movies! <laughs> I'm so glad we're talking about them. <laughs> did did folks? I think we are all of an age where we might have seen this in a theater. Who yes. who saw this in a the theater? I did. I did. I did. Uh, I did not, but I saw it shortly thereafter. I mean, I saw it in the '90s, still, so a long time ago. Yeah, I did not. I was I was in Russia at the time. Oh, brag! <laughs> so I was on a media blackout. I saw it on VHS after I got home from um, Russia with love. He was in. He was in the scene at the very end, comrade. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh. Um. But no, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. So I completely missed this movie coming out. Like I left right after. Um, oh shoot! What was that other terrible um, R-rated comic book movie that came out the summer of 1997? Spawn. Oh, I Jesus. left right after Spawn had come out. That was the summer of Spawn and Batman Forever. And then I come home and they're like, oh, yeah, they made a movie out of Blade, the Marvel movie about the vampire. And I'm like, that guy from the Spider-Man cartoon? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Was it good? Yeah, it had Wesley Snipes in it. It It's cool. So, but I don't know. What was the, the, like, response to it when it came out in theaters? It was weird. Yeah, I love the Brooke doing the Blade high fist pump or whatever that was. I remember it, it the the one thing everybody told me is I couldn't tell what happened because it was too dark to see. So it had the first Batman thing cuz I remember being in the theater going, what's going on? It's so dark. I can't like whoever filmed it forgot that there's backlighting, right? So vampire like, Yeah, like 40% of the movie is completely you're incapable of seeing it in the theater. So I know that was the big thing that we all went going. Oh, I, it was fun because he kicked a lot of people, and you know his martial arts is is quite good in the in the film. Other than the end where he kicks the serum into, I mean, come on. Um, but it yeah. can be done. I yeah. saw I saw Bruce Lee do something like that. It's real. Does that happen in The Rock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I wanted him. To what's your problem, him. JB? I wanted him to miss it and have him hit him in the foot. <laughs> I wanted one to land straight in the Neds, but that didn't happen. But yeah, that's that's most of the feedback I remember getting. Andy is, gosh, it was such a dark film, and not dark, and it was cheesy. Like the special effects were kind of cheesy, and I know they had to pull the first screening and refilm some stuff because the special effects were so bad. What um, really? Yeah, I, apparently oh one God. of the first I remember that. Movies, I mean, was, they were worse than what we ended up with because those right, were pretty right. bad already. Like, yeah, but I remember crap. just a lot of people were like, oh, the special effects were kind of cheesy and uh, um, it was too dark to see. But the soundtrack, people liked the soundtrack and, um, and of course, Tracy Lords. Oh, I hate the soundtrack. Well, I mean, JB just summed up the movie. Are we done here? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Quickest talk episode more, ever. Talk more about Tracy Lords. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Andy, do you know who Tracy Lords is? 
Bro- I'm waiting a, for Brooke to tell us more about girl. Tracy Lords, please. <laughs> You don't know. Uh, yes, I know who Tracy Lords is. I know oh, everybody, she is. everybody, every all, all the eighties kids know who she is. She has a background in adult film, but let's I don't know. She was but she was in this movie. And I I do think it's interesting that like the, there was this brief moment in time in the late nineties, early two thousands, when like a lot of people tried to transition right. from porn to like mainstream movies and it like almost happened for a couple people i feel like tracy Lords... i'm having that same problem right now <laughs> <laughs> i'll watch you in anything brooke <laughs> yeah brooke what where's where's your only fans how do we how do we <laughs> i'll message it to you later and is Excellent. it in 4K? Because we had a, a conversation about 4K that and brought up porn. So this is two weeks in a row we've brought up porn on this podcast, just so you know. Um, Quarantine's and- rough, Melissa. <laughs> 4K porn is rough to watch in Ooh. my mind. <laughs> Have you seen virtual porn on, like, the, the VA headsets? No? Just me? I, All right. A reminder. Yeah, I don't have I don't have a virtual headset. I can't get them to work. They like make my eyes are already. You put them on your eyes, Andy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, with my glasses. Oh, if you're wrapping it against something else, this bird is so difficult to operate. <laughs> it's called a one-eye monster, but it doesn't really see. <laughs> Put it on your face, man. All right. Okay. We'll really explain porn to Andy. No, no. Okay. So, but, okay. But, yeah. So, Tracy Lords was in this movie. But was that like. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Let's try to bring this back around. When this movie came out, was that like a big deal that like, oh my gosh, this sexy lady's in here? Was that a... Oh, well, like... It wasn't anymore, because I remember seeing Tracy Lords in Crybaby, that John Waters movie with Johnny Depp. And that that had already been out for several years by now, so I don't think it's that big of a deal anymore. She had the album, too. She had like a... Specifically, at least. Yeah, she had a, a hard rock album out. Yeah. But young Marco what? saw plenty of Tracy Lords, and when he saw her come out in Blade, he was like, "Well, it's going to be that kind of movie." And then nothing happened, and she dies, and I was kind of disappointed. That's because you had your goggles on the wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that that's it. Yeah, because she sort of introduces the movie. We get that a big opening set piece where she. She brings the guy in, and it's the guy like who great. From SWAT now, by the way, if you watch the TV show SWAT, it's like yeah. him 30 years. And I'm like, oh, oh, he's old now. Sorry, that to dude. The actress. Yeah. But yeah. And they, they go to the underground club, and then it's like, yay, blood orgy. And <laughs> the sprinklers start spraying blood. And it's like, that to me, that was like, oh, it's going to be that kind of movie. Holy right. cow. Like, what? what the heck is this and they're like playing a new order dance mix and the vampires are all going crazy and then blade busts in and starts cutting people to pieces i'm like 
this movie kind of kicks ass. Whoa. I like this. No, it literally kicks ass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would have liked the movie to have done more of the first scene and and less of the rest. But I, I you know, I didn't know much about Blade because uh, the comics never appealed to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a, a couple of friends that were into Blade were like hyping it up and we went to go see it. And I remember really liking it. But watching it again, I don't know why exactly. Well, I mean, the whole ass kicking stuff is great, and Wesley Snipes, like, he makes he does moves that I could never ever replicate ever in my life. Like, the dude's just gifted. But overall, like, it's kind of stupid. At, at least we know where Christian Bale got his Batman voice from. Well, well I don't have a problem with Christian Bale's voice, but whatever. <laughs> I'm Blade. Oh. We'll get into, we'll get into that in the future, JB, about how wrong you are about that. But like, but the thing that it has going for it is it it's like it is a lot of fun. Like the story is kind of like it's super weak. And why is it Eastern Europeans that are always like the source of all vampire stuff? Like, shake it up, man! Jesus Christ! Blood sausage. But, that's yeah. why. <laughs> the blood yeah, sausage. No. Um. Hello. Hey, that's my pet name. Oh, Dracula. Right. Um. Yeah, I, I, okay, I get that, but it's, it's not. I mean, by this point, if you've been a vampire for like a thousand years, it's kind of gone worldwide. So, like, shake it up a bit. Like, well, that's one of the things I like. You can't about. see in the sunlight. <laughs> well, I guess there is that. That's one of the things I actually liked about this movie when I first saw it. I'm like, oh, whoa, there's this like vampire council, and there's like Asian vampires, and there's like Euro trash vampires. And there's this American vampire that, I don't know, is like smoking a cigarette and everybody's annoyed by him. And what a douche. And we're supposed to be scared of him. I don't know. Um, He's such like, a horrible choice for a villain, though. I I thought that like that was actually something that I thought that was cool was like, whoa, there's like we've got Blade, Wesley Snipes, Black Man. Right at the the forefront of this movie and then you you have this like incredibly diverse array of potential villains who then unfortunately none of them have any characters develop except for except for the one evil guy from command and conquer 2 yeah um uh, like that's the only one who even has any lines well and and important i mean black woman characters as well, who are mm-hmm. who drive a lot of the success of the, the film. Um, yeah, it, and I mean, come on, Stephen Dorff. I don't, I, there was this thing in the 90s, Andy, I don't know if you remember as well. They always made the weird, super American y bad guy, the one who ends up taking over bad guy sort of gangs, right? Like in the real world, how is that guy the scholar? Right. Or how is that guy the one who subverts all of the other educated, financially well off? Right. Like, how do you get all 12 of them in a room if you're Steven Dorf? <laughs> That's what I can't right. figure out about movies like this. But no, I, I think you're right. I think it was a paradigm of characters that you don't generally see in the 90s being very prevalent. Right. Like uh, people of color and um strong characters throughout i thought that i think you're right on about that i just i mean i i think we need to take a second and like 
acknowledge how big Wesley Snipes was mm-hmm. during yeah. the late 90s. Yeah. Oh, I mean, God. the Great run movie. that he had been on, I mean, he was one of the most bankable action stars of the 90s. Yep. Um, and, you know, got handed this movie, which then gets made into a franchise and just, I mean, in a lot of ways, just nails it. Um, yeah. Despite the material being kind of subpar, I just I'm I'm like amazed by his performance and how good he is, and that he took this. I mean, Mark, I don't know. Would, would you call Blade like C list even, or I think maybe I mean list Marvel character. Like, well, yeah. No, overall, yeah, he's he's probably a, a yeah. It would have to be a D list. Yeah, yeah. He's like. A, so who Barely was higher, Ant Man or Blade? Oh, oh Ant Man! Ant Man guy and Iron Man. It was a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> Everybody's like, "Come on, bro!" <laughs> no, but but Ant Man had like Ant Man was like a, an Avenger and yeah. was like a bit. There was like a bunch of stuff with that. Blade was like, I know he was like barely... an Image Comics uh, level. <laughs> nice, right? Right? <laughs> yeah, we know. We know. You know, Brooke. I'm. I'm. I know. Yeah, I know we're just, you know, we're just being I'm dicks. Just, I'm hey, just, got, I know, but I'm just like, in a movie. but this is <laughs> okay. So I saw some I Tracy think... Lord's comics. <laughs> I don't think we're ready to discuss Those that. I'm sure you did. <laughs> Tijuana Bibles. Just has um, I, I made some Tracy Lord's comics. What? No, hey, what? Continue, okay. sir. Okay. So I think we, we do need to take two seconds to talk about marvel in the 90s because yeah. that that is the genesis of this movie the mid 90s marvel comics almost goes bankrupt there was a giant speculation bubble around um marvel comics in the the early 90s 92 93 where they just started massively overprinting things um, because they could get away with all of these people chasing after different variant covers and different things that people thought were going to be valuable. And like all speculative bubbles, eventually it just collapsed. And Marvel had completely overextended itself in terms of how much they were printing uh, and found themselves teetering on the edge of bankruptcy. Uh, in comes uh, a guy named Ike Perlmutter, uh, who was from the toy business, uh, who had done very well selling Spider-Man toys and and things of, of that sort. And he's like, I am going to save Marvel Comics. Um, and part of the way that he does that is by drastically cutting a lot of their their print output and firing a lot of people but um he also then sells off movie rights and merchandising rights uh, to everybody and everybody gets a piece of the marvel pie they hold on to a couple a couple of pieces themselves they hold on to thor iron man captain america uh the hulk Everything else they license out. So Fox ends up with a bunch of things. Um, uh, this is one of them. 
that they end up with. Sony famously ends up with Spider-Man, and they spend the next 10 years trying to make a Spider-Man movie, which they finally do in 2002. Um, But, um, you know, this is the first of those movies that actually hit cinemas. They're like, let's take this really sort of unknown Marvel character. Uh, Oh, he's a vampire hunter that can go out in the day. He's black. They get this screenwriter, David S. Goyer. He writes a script. Uh, They give it to Stephen Norrington, who has done one other movie before this. Uh, Give it a pretty small budget. Put Wesley Snipes in it. Wesley Snipes comes in to produce... Uh, to say let's let's make this my way, um, sort of flips it into being a semi martial arts vehicle for him, uh, and and they make this movie, and it does well, and it kind of saves uh, the idea of the comic book movie, um, because as I said the previous year, um, you'd had Batman and Robin. Right. And uh, Spawn. And they're like, um, maybe we maybe comic books are just not something that we can adapt. People don't like them. They're too they're too silly. They're too campy. And they're like, oh, no, you can do this. Uh, one other funny thing. Um, one of the other things that Marvel sells off that David Goyer is involved in. He also writes a script for Nick Fury Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, yeah. Which is made for TV, starring David Hasselhoff. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and it is the worst. It is the worst. Has anybody horrible. else ever seen that? <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to have to go look for that. No, but I feel like so I kind of hate myself enough to go watch it. You'll hate it's, yourself after watching it. Yeah. It's so terrible. thought of it. It's so terrible at the end. They're like, this is garbage. I don't know if we can even air this. And David Hasselhoff's like, um, can I buy the rights to this character if nobody's going to want it? And they're like, sure, Hoff, take it. And so he buys the rights to Nick Fury. And then he holds on to them for like the next seven years. And then he sells them like right when Marvel Studios is about to um, start putting stuff together. Um yeah, really smart. He'd actually, uh, interesting story. Um, one of the many times the Hoff tried to get sober, um, he was trying to do so, uh, drying out at one of Utah's many um, premier sobriety clinics. Uh, and um, speaking to some fans, this would have been in like, <laughs> Let me see, 2001, 2002, somewhere somewhere during the development of uh, the X-Men Origins Wolverine movie, um, he was in negotiations to sell Fox uh, the, the Nick Fury character for use in the Origins movie. Uh, and they were going to set up a scene where um, he would have a fight with Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, and he'd and he'd poke Nick Fury's eye out, <laughs> and that was going to be the the origin of that. So uh, they did not do that. He held on to it a little while longer, 
and then ended up selling it to Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios. If you Good, because I prefer Space Cat. Yeah, yeah. Cat well, because, yeah, way better that we get uh, Sam Jackson than, you know. Uh, apparently, Hoff wanted to reprise his role as Nick Fury. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> in the in the X Men Origins movie, and that did he was think Tracy Lords was going to join him? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> that would have been fun. Everybody's buoyant. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we all float down here. That's right. Uh, um, Lords have mercy. So okay, back back to Blade. Uh, but the the singular Never. piece of this comic books in the toilet, Marvel in the toilet, saved by a black man, the premier action hero of the late 90s who comes in and says, let's make this a motherfucking martial arts movie and uh, tries to. And the pieces of that where they do that, I think generally work. Um. I think a lot of this movie is kind of overwrought. I think those action pieces are great. Um, I don't know that that's sort of where I come down on this. Yeah, movie. What, I think that's a good what call. do you all think? I mean, I loved it when I saw it. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Uh, I mean, by what was it? 98 by 98 Wesley Snipes was already a, like a mega star. He had already done New Jack city demolition, man. He was in two Wong Fu by then. So like he showed like he he had a pretty big range like the dude was all sorts of hot, uh, and then seeing him, seeing him kick all sorts of ass and I, I didn't get to see another level of that until uh, Lawrence Fishburne in the Matrix, uh, yeah. where there's like all this martial arts uh, stuff that's happening on screen, you know, with a black man driving it. I mean, before then, I didn't see another black guy in a martial arts uh, kick ass way. Uh, when was it? The late seventies with Bruce Lee and and what was the, the Game of Death? What's Game of the, Death, yeah, with Kareem, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So, like, it, there hasn't been that many black men that are shown, like, with martial arts skills and just kicking all sorts of ass. And to see him do it on screen and the way he did it was kick ass. And that there's a daywalking vampire doing this, it was just fucking brilliant. I mean, seeing it now, like, I see it for what it is, and it's kind of silly, and, and it, the story really isn't there. But when I saw it in the theater in the late 90s, I thought it was pretty damn cool. And the guys I went to the theater with, you know, thought the same. So it worked. Whatever he was going for worked. Um, I, and I got a kick out of seeing Chris Christopherson because I got to represent my hometown. Chris Christopherson's from Brownsville, Texas. I so love Chris Christopherson. Yeah, we've always been proud of him. So whenever I see him on screen, like, I know we're going to be in for a treat. Even though uh, he deserved more in this movie. Um, but I guess we can yeah, talk about that. But like overall, I remember if I'm if I'm putting myself in that same headspace I was in the late nineties, it, it worked and it really worked. I saw that movie about three, four times. But seeing it now, it, it's got bits that still really work, but there's just it's there's so much flawed in it. Uh least of which is the the the, the CGI. Oh my god, it's horrible, guys. It's really horrible. Even for its even for its time, the CGI was horrible. Just, uh, I think JB said that uh, this is one movie that needs the 4K treatment. I think it needs the the Snyder cut treatment. Give me five hours of Blade with all sorts of 
kick-ass CGI, and I'll be cool with that. And two hours of it will be slow motion. <laughs> Who knows? Two hours of it is Tracy Lords, then yes. I mean, like an hour and a half of Tracy Lords, <laughs> and then we can do Blade for it. No, Mark, come on. Let's be fair. <laughs> it's about six or seven minutes of Tracy Lords, and that's, <laughs> and that's really still longer than either. And that's too long. <laughs> That's an addiction at that long. Um, what, uh, Andy? I'm I'm curious to just to get your sense of what do you think Marvel learned from doing this movie? Nothing, because then they followed it up with Fantastic Four. No, Which, no, no, no. They they followed it up with X Men with yes. the first Brian Singer X Men. Um, but that oh, I liked that, it. That was the movie that everyone credits with the breakthrough of like, oh, we're making comic book movies now. Um, Because then, yes, that did sort of start off this like Hollywood. Everybody started making their Marvel properties um, after that hit. But Blade was really the first one. Um, It came out two years before X-Men and really showed that it could actually work. You could have a dark, serious movie based on a comic book and and do something with it that the fans would follow the property and um that but that you could you could also do something now it wasn't a massive huge hit but it was enough of a hit that people paid attention um i and i i really really do think um one of the reasons it wasn't any bigger um is because of latent racism. I mean, I think that there there are probably still enough people out there who looked at this and were just like, I'm not going to go see a Wesley Snipes action movie Um, because they're just terrible people. Um, And good, you're not allowed to watch this movie because, or you're you're not allowed to watch Blade 2. That's because that's a great movie. I don't know. Maybe you could watch this one because it's like, yeah, racists. But but you know, I I I think that that that's the that's the real thing, and I think people needed to pay attention to this, and I think this started sending some of those shockwaves through Hollywood. I think one movie is a blip, two movies is a trend. This started that trend, and I think. Brian Singer and X-Men get a lot of unearned credit off of Wesley Snipes and Blade, and which is probably unfair, which is certainly unfair. Because Brian Singer did not always bet on black. <sighs> they, that was another one of my favorite. West. I mean, Wesley Snipes was in some terrific action films, like mm-hmm. Passenger 57. I remember yeah. about that going, how did they keep me entertained on a plane? It's like a plane for 90 minutes and I'm going the whole time. I'm like, who's he going to kick now? Where's he going to hide? Who's he going to right? So he, he knew, like you said, he, he grabbed the reins on this and he made it into a vehicle that I think, like you said, not only launched something, but also fit the mold of what he knew was successful. And, and it's like, you said, this movie made for what it was, it made a ton of money mm-hmm. for, the, for the, the budget it had. The dude followed up Harrison Ford, because uh, Harrison Ford kicked off The Fugitive, and then right. he he picked up the sequel in U.S. Marshals and kicked ass. And how many people could pull that off? 
Honestly, yeah. how many, how the fuck many people could pull off following Harrison Ford? Like, think about it. Jeremy Renner tried it with Matt Damon and they failed miserably. Yeah. <laughs> but Wesley Snipes did it and did it so good that I wanted another sequel with him on, uh, and it just never happened. But like, that's how good Wesley Snipes was in the he, 90s. He did it better than Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> well, never that's... say that again. Jesus. <laughs> that's not hard. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I nah. do. I agree. Great. It was. Uh, it's kind of like, I think, Andy, we talked about in the past the Eddie Murphy 10 year run that we'll never see um, another parallel. I think he had that similar star power um, to that, you know, 48 hours Beverly Hills Cop kind of period. Eddie yeah. Murphy had, and, and um, to Mark's point, there were some great movies in that um, filmography of his. Um, again, a lot of them were built as a vehicle for, like you said, Mark, for him um, to, to show off what he was exceptional at. Um, but there were those traces where he'd jump in and do a comedy or do a <clears throat> something like Tu Wong Fu, and it, it really was. He was he was carrying a lot of the box office for a little while, and it was yeah. cool to see. Yeah. I, I just and it's it's too bad that, you know, this this kind of this ended um, because of his, you know, his his problems with his taxes. Um, <laughs> the government came for him. That's right. Yeah. Government came for him. Uh, but um, you know, there is a funny story uh, which every everyone should go and listen to. Uh, the Blade and Blade 2 episodes of Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Uh, I rarely say go listen to other movie podcasts, but um, that's three black men talking about the importance of Blade um, for black men and representation, and it's worth listening to. But um, they, they told a story about how on the set of Blade, um, or on the set of Blade 2, uh, Donnie Yen was talking to Wesley Snipes and uh, and Wesley told Donnie, he's like, yeah, Blade don't pay no taxes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the government uh, said, uh, uh, yes, you do. Yeah, yeah. yes. Well, Blade, Blade might not, but Wesley better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I don't know. I would have, if, if I'd have been, uh, if I'd have been Bill Clinton, I would have given him a pass. It's okay. Like I don't, I don't say to many millionaires, "Don't pay your taxes," but like, I don't know. Can yeah, we? Bill had other things to worry about. I'd, I'd give Wesley Snipes a pass. Um, uh, you know, and and I'd go after Jeff Bezos, but you know, and Amazon. Uh, let's let's worry more about them. Anywho, uh, what else? Uh, so we. You mentioned earlier in this in this film about not only Wesley as as a black man, but really strong black women right. as major characters in this movie. I feel like that is an integral part of this, and it is something that is missing in the next two films. Yep, uh, so hard. It, this just works so well um but there's kind of there's kind of some ups and downsides to to it as well well what, and, what does everyone think and bush's rights role as karen is awesome makes 
perfect. So sense. good. Yeah, uh, just absolutely awesome. Uh, Blade's mother, I think that whole part of the movie of the story is just really stupid. Yeah, it didn't work for me either. She hasn't seen him since he was a baby, and then she instantly recognizes him when she comes out of her sarcophagus. Like, really? Like, you're going to look at a grown-ass man and say, Eric, the baby I abandoned? That's you? Like, ah, Jesus Christ. And kind of overdid it with the whole the whole mother-son thing and then him killing her. It, it was yeah. completely unnecessary. But, I, you know, I will say that uh, Karen's character was just kick-ass. And I wanted more of her in the following sequels, but we get none of her for whatever reason. Yeah. Which sucks. Yeah, I agree I, that that whole part was unnecessary. It, it kind of made me angry. And this is one of those things where, like, 90s Melissa didn't r really pick up on this. But today, I, you know, I, I really picked up on the fact that, you know, first of all, I mean, how would he even know that that's really his mom? You know, right. like, she would know, but he wouldn't, you know. So yeah. uh, him buying into it so quickly, I didn't buy that. He should be more suspicious of what they're trying to do, you know, to distract him, um, especially in the middle of like the big end fight. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, that was just stupid. But also he had to commit matricide, y'all. And and I mean, he, he you know, it goes back to that old trope. We've talked about it many times about how the woman has to die to spur the guy into action. Only he was already had all the motivation he needed to go after Frost and all the vampires. He didn't need this. This was just unnecessarily cruel. Like, oh, look how he suffers or something, you know, and a woman had to die for it, even if she was a vampire. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just terrible. And, and, and in that vein, yes, we had Karen, a, a strong female character, who Blade regularly just abused. You know, he used her as bait. He 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 was verbally abusive to her. He didn't respect her. He didn't seem that he just took her for granted, you know, just that she was always going to be there, that she was always, you know, that she would help or whatever. And he didn't, um, I mean, I'm not expecting him to be like, oh, thank you for your assistance or whatever. You know what I mean? I know this is Blade and he's an anti-hero, which really... Yo, I was wondering if, because I still have anti-hero fatigue from all these anti-hero crap that Hollywood has put out the last dozen years or so. And I wasn't sure how I'd feel about watching this movie again because of that. But so I know he's not, that he's gruff and he's he's very serious and whatever. But so the constant abuse she took from him, it it made me so angry. You know, it, it it's very 90s, I guess. It's very of the era, but it, it was hard to watch for me. Totally. And the that was... I agree 100% with all of that. The, like, the fridging, unfridging, and refridging of his mom. That sucks. And I don't... Karen... Karen fucking saved the day. Yeah, yeah. She yep. was the one who improved his serum. She was the one who said, "Hey, here's this cool anticoagulant. You can put it into these things and and blow up vampires' heads with it." And and Blade was getting bled out in the thing, and she she came down and rescued him like he was the damsel. You know, she's the hero of this movie, right? Like. I 
I love Karen. I stand Karen. And yeah, I'm I'm sad that like why did they not bring her back in the second one? That's like my only studio note for Guillermo. Like wh- what the hell, dude? I love Blade 2. I think it is the best of these three movies. It is. But but where was Karen? She was awesome. So maybe they know. didn't want her hog in the spotlight because they I didn't. Her, you're not the only one who stand her. I mean, you know, she's definitely my favorite character in in this whole movie by far. Um, and it's yeah. I mean, he did he even say like thank you even once to her? I mean, he's just it. it you know, she did everything. She's the reason why he won in the end, and. And he gets all the credit, like always, you yeah. know, with men and women. And it doesn't matter if you're black or white or, you know, people with purple polka dots. The woman is always going to get the shaft. And and uh, and I don't mean that in a sexual way, since we were talking about Tracy Lords earlier. But, you know, it's, <laughs> um, it's, it, it was very frustrating. You know, I, I remember really enjoying this movie. Like, I, you know, I didn't think it was great, but it was entertaining. And this time I just kept getting distracted by all the things I didn't notice when I first saw it like 20 years ago. It's it's crazy. And and like 90% of those things all revolve around the treatment of the women. So you can you can say, "Oh, strong women." Okay, but look how they're abused. Look how, you know, look how they're treated. It it's not enough just to put strong characters on on the screen. They have to get a win sometime. And and all the wins were credited to blade basically yeah and 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 he comes back for the sequel and, and she, she doesn't, doesn't. <laughs> yep now andy if i remember they were they were they did a tv series of this right oh, they God, did and i've never that. seen it yeah i remember that uh, she was supposed to be in the second season because uh, they were going after some virus or something i didn't know that causing and I think they were going to try to write her into the second season before the show got canceled for that same reason, huh. um, because they were like, where the hell did she go? You know, obviously she's still making serum because in the second one, he's got, you know, still pretty advanced fighting tools. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the the implication to Melissa's point is that her effects are still like the work that she did is still being used by him without credit um where where is she and i think at least from what i remember they were trying to make that clearer through the tv show i think it was on spike or something yeah it was yeah if i remember it was on spike so yeah i I, I think there was some way to do it but not not in the movies yeah i mean if if there's any justice um you know they'll they'll find a way to bring karen back to the Mahershala Ali um, film. Do y'all love um, that casting? I oh love my God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's perfect. He's mm-hmm. absolutely perfect. It is the best. And the fact that like he went to Feige and Feige's like, hey, you want to you wanna do something in the MCU? And he's like, I want to do a Blade movie. He's like, cool, let's do it. You're going to do a Blade movie. And the, like, that's what it was. I'm like, Sweet. <laughs> yeah, that dude was the best part of Luke Cage. I had a yeah. lot of I had a lot of issues with Luke Cage. I, I, it should have been a much better show than what it was. 
Uh, but he was the absolute best part of the movie. It's because they killed him off after. They, I know. Like he should have. He should have been the main villain for like a three season arc. But they they killed him off, and that was just really stupid. I'm really also, glad you didn't want to do a Howard the Duck version. <laughs> <laughs> also, the best part of uh, the first couple of seasons of House of Cards, too. Oh, good point. I I thought he was great in that. And um, well, okay. Now I haven't seen his season of True Detective, but people talk about how great. Really, that. well, that really has even Dorf in it. Does it? Yes. Oh my yes. god! Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's like third. He's like third build in that show. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. That season. Yeah. I should go watch that then. <laughs> Stephen Dorff. Do we do we have to talk yeah, about Stephen Dorff? We need to let's talk. Just get it over with, please. I know. <laughs> I know where this is going. Yeah, we have to talk about what they were thinking. Let's spend. Oh. Let's just spend a little bit of time on him. Mm. Oh, nobody really did that. Not. Oh my not, god. I thought JB would appreciate that. I was going to make did, a trade. Did you hear? Did you hear my video. my knee slap just now? That was for you, Marco. <laughs> yeah. So I he I don't know. Popular back. Th- I mean, he's been in. He was in some movies, but it's not like he was. Like you look at his IMDb, and it's not like he was throwing weight. But you know, I was in high school, and a lot of the girls. You know, they they loved him. They had pictures of him in their binders. If you guys recall, like when you could put pictures in your binders, like, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, he was one of those that that I mean, and I hadn't really heard of him either. And I hadn't seen that god awful movie that you made us watch last week. I'm still mad at you, Andy, for that. <laughs> a little bit. I'm um, sorry. But yeah, he, he I mean, I was in high school from 90 to 94 and he was already popular, but I think he was like a child star too, or something yeah. like. So that yeah. may have had something to do with it. You know, if he was like in Tiger Beat or whatever, like yep. you know, <laughs> that's all it takes. I remember Tiger Beat. Well done. Yeah, I never knew like half the people on the covers of Tiger Beat, but you know, it, it they sold a lot, and all the girls had them. You know, so he was. I mean, he was popular. I, I but something tells me though they weren't trying to get teenage girls to these to this movie. So again, I even though he was popular, I'm not really sure why he was cast other than what I had told y'all last week. Like maybe they just wanted to go for that nineties hot boy, you know, that well, he's not a bad there. actor. No, he's a good actor, yeah, but he's, a, he's you know, a good actor. He's just a little miscast here. You yeah, know, right. It's not a good but fit. Also, the, the other thing too, I don't think you can lay this all at Dorf's feet because, uh, he wasn't a very well drawn villain. And like he, yes. The story was just not very good, and that's not his fault. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. I did the best he could with what they gave him, which wasn't much. It's just a matter of you know miscasting. But he he did the best he could. I, I yeah, I would have cast someone else, and I have my pick because you you said we should yeah you know pick one, but um. But I'm not nearly as mad about it as you guys are. Like, you guys really hate it that he was in it. I mean, I think he's... Yeah. I I think this is more fundamentally a script problem than anything else. Because if you actually think about it, who gets more character-building moments as a villain? Mm -hmm. Steven Dorff or Donald Logue? The Donald Logue character gets way more to develop him 
through the first two acts of the movie. And Stephen Dorff is like sitting there like on his MacBook and yeah. like uh, like hanging out at parties. And you're like, wait, what? What is this guy's deal? Are we supposed to are we supposed to be scared of him? Is he intimidating? Like, what's up? I don't get it. Um, and Donald Logue's the one out there, like, you know, fighting he's Blade. Crazy. And, he's, yeah. he's the scary one because he, he looks like he could just pop off at any moment. Yeah. Right. Well, also, they were supposed to be. I just love that actor. I mean, he, you know, so good. yeah. I don't know if y'all ever seen this show called Terriers. That was Terriers. On- I love that show so much. Yeah. Um, <sighs> if you put him next to that, yeah, I, I see your point. But again, I think most of it still is like just a script problem in general. You know. Yeah. Well, they yeah. were going to do a Deacon Frost spinoff movie, weren't they? How? Like, like he why? dead. Yeah. Oh, and why? Yeah. Why is the operative a question? But, but like, how if he's supposed to be dead? I guess the prequel stuff. But like, why? Why would that be even interesting? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think the biggest problem, like, like you all talked about, the biggest problem with this movie is I'm not invested in any of the characters because they don't do enough character building. Yes. To really care about any of them. Yes. Right. Right. I mean, even Chris Christopherson, I go. That that part should have really bothered me that he died, but I'm just kind of like, oh well, he had cancer anyway, so there you go. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I, I I think you're you know Melissa to your point, I think you're right. I don't I didn't care enough about any of them to really be invested if if they were better or worse choices. But yeah, I, I I'm with you. I I see him as the heartthrob. He's a decent enough actor, but um, I don't understand the character's motif. Right. Like, is he the bastard stepson of the, you know, the vampire triumvirate? Right. Is he like, how did he get to where he is? Right. I don't even remember in the comics if it was that clear, but he just this this guy just shows up and he's supposed to be Andy. I don't know if you remember in Tim View, we called him F dudes. Right. He's the, yeah. he's, he's the F dude who just so also happens to have a Ph.D. in computer science, um, which I guess you can get when you're undead. And live forever but so <laughs> that's you know, the part that bothered me man because uh, you know to melissa's point uh point it's not his fault that the writing was this bad and the writing is bad because at, he's at one point smart enough to decipher like thousands year old uh, vampire bible but yet he's not smart enough to put together that he could use blade's mom way before blade even becomes a problem like he lets blade become a problem and then he uses his mom and reveals that he's had her in captivity all these years like, I, it, are you smart or are you not? And how is he smarter than the triumvirate who's, that's been around for thousands of years? They haven't figured this out. Yeah. And furthermore, the coagulant stuff, how did nobody figure this out? Like, exactly. Coagulant medication has been around for decades and it's just now being used against vampires. Amazing. So, like, th- there was obvious problems with the script. Like, uh, like Melissa said, it's not Stephen Dorff's fault that the, the script was written that bad he might have been a more interesting character if the writing was there i maintain that he just doesn't fit the part of a villain in that vampire world because he's just not menacing uh enough to to be that villain but the problem here is the writing the writing is just pretty bad in this movie yeah your characters can only be as smart as the writers right so yeah that's that's the inherent issue here okay so 
I I really want to know what everybody's recast is. I know mm. we, we we were supposed to wait for some questions, but Andy, no, I, no, no, let's let's I, do it I, now. I, gotta, I think it's fine because it, yeah. it, I got to know. So who's everybody's <laughs> recast of Stephen Dorff, if you can? Keanu Reeves. Wow! Oh, nice. nice. Yeah, because, and he he would work in the nineties original yeah. Blade because that was when he was at his superpowers. The first round of his God career. Damn it, Melissa! Now I can't even say mine. Uh, oh, oh. who's yours? No, that's just so perfect. Like that outdoes anything I could have come up with. Oh, I want to know who yours is. I've got one. I've got one that I think Brooke but will like. I, I think he would work in the reboot that's coming as well. Like, he would. Yeah, oh, yeah. could have put him in either one, and that's why I think he's perfect. Just um, but just a warning: if he gets cast in the new one, uh, nobody kill his puppy, or else you're in trouble. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> Don't kill his puppy or the movie's over already. But yeah. So what if he has one of those weird vampire dogs like in the second one? Is that still okay to <laughs> No, little... he'll be even more mad probably. Okay. Anyway. Um Brooke, do you want to go No, okay. I want you to go next. Okay, I will go next um cuz I have one that I think is pretty great. Um I, I tried to think, okay, what does Steven Dorff bring here? And I tried to analyze his performance. He does some really good work with the sword at the end in that final fight scene. And I'm like, whoa, like he's got some stage combat skills. And so I tried to think who else at this time is really, really good with sword fighting. Mandy uh, Patinkin. <laughs> okay, well, be for tanking. No, um, but I came up with with two others who you were and busy simultaneously on another film. Yes, you and McGregor and Ray Park. I think yeah. either one of those would have been an interesting recast. I was you hoping you were going to say Ray Parker Jr., but okay, <laughs> you and McGregor would have worked. Yeah, that that, that would have been great. Yeah, now I and, keep imagining and... Mandy Patinkin like <laughs> my father's blood. You do not happen to have a daywalker on your right hand. <laughs> All right, bro. Uh, no, you go next. I'm questioning everything now. <laughs> Just go with Keanu. I feel. I feel kind of. I really like Keanu Reeves. I was originally thinking Kiefer Sutherland, but it was too. Ah, that, that's that's like, that, that I said those exact words yeah, last week. He did yeah. actually. And I, 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 I'm sticking with Kiefer Sutherland. He would have been great. Michael. I met Michael. him in person once. Oh no way! Wow. Yeah, and made a complete ass of myself just so that we're all clear. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Kiefer's made an ass of himself. He was times. he was in Salt Lake City filming a, a movie with um oh what's that Melissa De Renee from Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Do you know what I'm talking about? Ah, uh, Rebecca DeMarnay. Rebecca, yeah. Rebecca. And they were filming a movie together and I was watching him film this scene. It was right outside the old printing press downtown in Salt Lake. And um, um they were down there and the guys from the printing press were like, he'll talk to you if you just wait. So I stood up at the top and I waited until I saw him walking back to his trailer and I went running down this like spiral parking garage that I was standing on watching him. And right as I got to the bottom, he like, I met him like face to face, like mid stride. And I like stared at him and I stuck out my hand and I said, you're Kiefer Sutherland. And he's like, yes, I am. And I was like, 
you're amazing. <laughs> and by that time, my boyfriend caught up to me and he's like, you'll have to excuse her. <laughs> he shook his hand and they started having like a genuine human to human connection, like conversation. And I just stood there and stared at him and he started to walk away. And I looked up and I went, thank you for everything. <laughs> then he walked away. So he'd be a good vampire. He could kill me. I'd be fine with it. <laughs> yeah. Kiefer's a good answer. Kiefer, I... I would actually love to see Kiefer Sutherland in this role. I think that would be amazing. That would be. That would have been. I'd still go with Keanu, though, over Kiefer. Keanu is like, Keanu's right there. It's so perfect. What a weird mix of male K names. I'm I'm going off book for you, though. I think the person I would want as the bad guy is Javier Bardem. Oh. Okay. Because you have the 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 vampire motif, right? You've got the the accent. You've got someone oh, who gets dude, accents. That would work. You've got a very lithe, athletic build person, right? God, he's sexy, and he's super sexy, yeah. right? So you have someone who would actually believe that his that Blade's mother would stay around him. No one's staying yeah. for Steven Dorf. So and. <laughs> So Javier Bardem is mine, but I have a second casting for you. I'm replacing the head of the triumvirate with Marlon Brando. Oh my gosh. So you've got Brando in charge and you've got Bardem as Steven Dorff up against. You're in the wrong industry. So this is, this is Brando like post Island of Dr. Moreau. Yes. Yes. Just super crazy. in that no, same vein, oh my god! No, I would, I would put Donald Sutherland and have a father-son team because Donald is fucking creepy sometimes, and that would see them both working on the same side trying to come at Blade would have been fucking magical. Or Jack Nicholson. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Give me the blade. Give me the blade. blade, 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 blade. You can't handle the blade. Anyway, so Bardem is my choice. Yeah, that, yeah, that, I dig that. That's... Daniel Day Lewis is a little too far. I was thinking about Daniel Day Lewis. He would actually go out and bite people in real yeah, life. Yeah, he would. Actually he would. Yeah. Way too method. Yeah. yeah, he couldn't. Yeah, he couldn't quite do that. But um, those are wow. Those are really good choices. I like that. I like all of those. Cool. Um, any anything else about this movie before we talk about our our normal stuff, but new normal stuff? For season two. Do it. No? Okay. Here I'm we go. I'm just going to be thinking about Javier Bardem for the rest of the night. Probably <laughs> in the morning. Uh, yeah. Me I too, wish we had maybe. more detail on the teenage girl who kicked Wesley Snipes' ass in the movie. I wanted to know. I wanted her in more movies after this. And I don't ever know what. Because she, she had some great skills too. She I have no really idea who she, who she was. Right. Okay. So. This movie was made for apparently $45 million. Uh, it made a total of $70 million. So that's a that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, adjusted for inflation, that's like $137 million. Not too bad. Um, that is not bad at all. Although, if that had come out in uh, 2019 the last real full year we've had, um, that would put it at the number 21 movie. Oh, wow. Uh, right 
right between Ford versus Ferrari and Shazam. Um, but still, a big successful movie. Those were those were both successful movies. One's getting a sequel. One got an Oscar nomination. So, you know, this is um, big successful movie. Also made some money overseas uh, for a total of 131.2 overall. Um, so almost it made so it made 61 international, 70 domestic. So it made almost as much overseas as it did domestically. Um, so and that yeah, was almost unheard of back then, right? For it to yeah. make that much worldwide, yeah, yeah. Uh, this movie, this movie did very well overseas. Um, wasn't, wasn't that a Wesley Snipes paradigm, though? Didn't his movies always do well in international China, those kinds of things? I, I always a lot of them did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was very he was very banked. successful. Yep. Yeah, it just just yeah. It, I, we forget like how yeah he was just he was just perfect. And okay. as, do you have a studio note for how his Russian is? Um, yeah. <laughs> let's go in. Yeah. Okay. So studio notes, his Russian's fine. I'm fine with it. It's, I don't care. Yeah. What about everybody else's Russian? That was such a cop out. It's, but it's, it's, it's understandable and it's not terrible. Yeah. He's got an accent, but like. I'm not going to stand there and be like, Wesley, give me five more takes until you get the accent perfectly. It's fine. Nobody's going to notice. The other Russians were great. Yeah. Yeah. So the other Russians were fine. Um, (laughs) And no, the other Russians were actually great. Wesley was fine. He, he, you know, it's like grading it on the Connery scale. He's like, "Mm, that's impeccable. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's awesome. Other studio notes that, that folks have about this. CGI, man. It's yeah, so for sure. Yeah. Put down the UV light. Is It was really distracting how bad some of these effects were, especially when they started injecting them with the coagulant. I mean, it just, ugh. It, I, I don't know. It, it it bothered me. It, it really did. And, and this is not just when I watched it this time, when I rewatched it, but back then when I saw it the first time, even for the nineties, that shit was bad. Oh yeah. 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 They all died like Kananga from live and let die. It, it was just, it was so bad. Although, yeah. Although more drawn out and gross and bloody. But it wasn't even gross and bloody. It was like cartoonish. Yeah. It was, it, yeah. It, it, it was really it, bad. It, yeah, it just looked like child's play somehow, like like you know, like I don't know, like Play-Doh or something. It just was true. It was good, and, and you know, forty-five million is a pretty big budget, like for back then. That's still a pretty good budget even for today for most movies that aren't like superheroes. You know, like you figure they could have spent a little bit on that. You know, yeah, it's not not terrible. That's. I mean, a lot of that's probably going to Wesley, um, but but still, um, yeah, they should have been able to do better. I I really blame Stephen Norrington um, yeah. as the director. Um, Stephen Norrington, who directed 
one of Mark's other favorite films, speaking of Sean Connery, <laughs> The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, oh, what speaking a of terrible CGI as well. Uh, I just, there's some people who just, you got it or you don't. And yep. he don't got it. He don't got it. Um, like, I, I think that in the hands of other people, like Guillermo, um, we'll see what... Guillermo doesn't get a lot more in terms of budget than than this. Um, and he makes a phenomenally better movie that has aged far, far better. Mm -hmm. uh, and, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think if you would have given this to Robert Rodriguez, if you would have given this to, um, I don't know, some someone else on that level, I think they could have they could have done a lot more. Okay, but here, here's what I don't understand, Andy. This dude started as a special effects artist. He worked on Aliens. Yep. Okay? What yeah. happened? Like, did he go, I'll show you how much better I was back in... Like, I don't, I don't understand how I, you go from, I worked on Aliens, to let's just throw some goopy blood scenes in here. I think part of the problem was that the studio only believed in this project so so far. Like it, they didn't really they didn't buy into it completely, and they probably kept them in check with the uh, special effects budget. Because like compare the scene where uh, the council gets their their skeletons ripped out of their bodies and they're flying everywhere, like. That is really, really bad. How did Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark get the melting face so much better than that? Like thirty years before then, like how 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 did it get that bad? And the only reason is that I can think of is the studio kind of reined them in. I'm just I'm laughing, and that's because the skeletons <laughs> tear out of the mouth of the vampires. <laughs> <laughs> like, it makes no sense. The stupidest. Yeah, thing. it makes no sense. <laughs> it's so great. It's so terrible. Oh my gosh. Uh, not only terrible special effects, but just like, why? <laughs> why was that? What was needed here? I don't know. Oh my gosh. Um, sorry, that just made me laugh. <laughs> terrible. Uh yeah, I I don't know. I I think it's just ridiculous. Um I I I don't think that this I think other than Wesley being keyed in to making the martial arts sections of this film work really well and work sort of in that sort of late 90s um Hong Kong martial arts um style uh i you know i i think those were the only parts of the movie that really work visually and the rest of it it's like everyone else was just kind of like out to lunch and they're like i don't know like i don't know the the skeletons climb out of their now mouth is, is everyone cool with that yeah sure cool whatever yeah i feel like they go well we don't really know how a blood god would look so that works like i'm sure you need to get 12 demon skeletons to jump through steven dorf i guess that that sounds like a 
great plan. Haven't they seen the movie Carrie? Right? And like and that opening scene with like the blood rain and the like blood rave. I, I like I, I don't know. I feel like there's such a waste other of stuff. They could have done other cool stuff with this with like practical effects and just like gallons and gallons and gallons of high fructose corn syrup and red food coloring. Like, I, I don't know. Like what would, um, what would Sam Raimi have done with this? Oh yeah. Like, I thought you were going to say, what would Jesus do? <laughs> no. Turn it all into wine. Pretty but sure I just, Jesus would have taken care of La Magra before it got to this point. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I think, Blade. He's like, look, Blade, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I got here. <laughs> I think there were other creative people who could have done this better. And I think it starts with getting, like, take David Goyer's script, fine. But come on. At this point, Goyer is like baby Goyer. The best thing he's <laughs> written up to this point has been the um the crow city of angels screenplay which is not great Mm -mm. this is not great and just be like okay this needs some reconstructing because goyer doesn't get good until the mid-2000s when he's starting to work with christopher nolan and um you know he's i don't know he he's just i don't know I feel like he's both comic book movies savior and worst enemy for like the next 10 years um, in, in this run. I think there are script problems. I think a better director would have, would have done wonders with this. Yeah. Um, I get, um, I don't know. Ang Lee or. Um, John Woo. Get some dust. John Woo. Get some John Woo. Not John Woo. Yeah, Mark loves John Woo. Ang Lee, yes. But John Woo. Come John on. Woo and Guy Pierce next in Blade. <laughs> 3.0. I, I don't know. I I just I think that there there would have there there was something else here um that some slightly more talented people could have done. Bring heck, I mean bring in Bring in a female director and play up the Karen character and figure out what to do with Blade's mom. I, I mean, can I, <laughs> I can tell you what to do with Blade's mom. Never in the 90s. That would have never happened. In a yeah, I know it would have never yeah. happened. Yeah, it would have never that's happened that's back then. Yeah. So the anyway, those are those are my studio notes. What else what else do folks have? I, I mean I already talked about the female issues, so that that was the extent of mine. Also, I just want to know, La Magra, what is this a Hispanic thing? Why why is it always you know that's a Spanish word? I don't like like El Nino and La Nina, you know these weather things. I mean, why is it always got to be a Spanish word or some kind of Hispanic reference? Like, I thought La Magra was Italian. Is it? I don't know, but I first read I first read it as La Migra, and I'm like, hey, wait a fucking minute here. <laughs> wait a fucking minute. Oh, man, that's awesome. I definitely Fuck y'all. That. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, I don't yeah. know where it comes from. That's, that's a good point. That's just weird. 
But like that's that's the the thing that doesn't make sense. If all this is supposed to be centralized in Eastern Europe, why are we? Why is it termed La Magra? Like it, yeah, that's it Latin. Italian, it still wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Well, it's, would, it's it's Latin based, so I, I thought everything was so Eastern European. What would what would the Russian version it should of have been like Ibrozhinov be? or something like I don't know. Well, La Magra means the lean. Is that like lean meat? <laughs> is that is that what this is? But they don't even eat meat. Or is it's real fat? It's just all blood. I'm I'm asking, like, so I don't know. Yeah, what would Latin. what would the? But here's here's the other problem. They're adapting We're speakers, these Eddie, but we don't know that. They're adapting these these Marvel comics, and they have these characters, Deacon Frost and La Magra, and La Magra is the blood god according to Marv Wolfman. Uh, who's a white dude. So he probably just like picked that word out of a book and said, that sounds cool. Call her La Magra. I don't know. Um, I I feel like they could have done better. Like oh, name definitely. the blood god something cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway. It should have been something Eastern European though, like yeah. Lupa Bloodgodski. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the Russian he will become sexy. The yes. Russian word for blood is krov, which krovoski, like, krov like uh, krovka or something like that. Well, there I you mean, go. You could, yeah, you could, krovchik, something like that. You could you could what? do something like that. What's like, a, what's, a, what's like giant in Russian? Do you do you add an, a suffix to? Something for for massive or extreme. Uh, like how you would add isimo in Spanish? Yeah, uh, there's nothing quite like that. You'd just be like, Crovamundo. I don't know. mundo. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it should be. mundo. Or you know what? Fuck it. Just borrow from Russian myth and call it Baba Yaga. Could be Baba Yaga. Why not? We're going to bring back Baba Yaga. Mean, Who cares? If Keanu Reeves was in it, then you could have pulled off Baba Yaga. Oh, Yard. dude, yeah. That would, have, that would have tied two franchises together. Yeah. <laughs> can I just... But going back to the script thing, can I just say this has the worst lines like of any... like we're To the point where people in the house were walking by going, what was that line about ice skating uphill? That's the dumbest line I've ever heard. <laughs> like, this movie has quotes that make... I'm like, I got stupider trying to pay attention to the script of this movie. So I think that goes back to what you're talking about. Like, not only did it not make sense from the translation perspective, right? Like, why are you using these specific linguistic components? But the lines. I like that line. Boy. That was my choice for my favorite line. Because this is that's not mine a too. movie. Really? That's the only line in the movie. That's the problem is. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the idea that, like, some people always got to do shit the hard way. I mean, that's what they're implying right they're just i mean maybe it's not the most eloquent way to do it he's no shakespeare but that's okay you know like uh, you know i don't know i thought that was because this is not an easy movie to find a quote for right that's true <laughs> there really isn't so yeah that's mine too um but do folks have other studio notes or since we've already opened it up, other favorite lines, if you've got other ones. The only other line I liked was motherfucker. There was a lot of that. Yeah. Or a couple of those. 
Yeah. But at the very start, you know, in the hospital, I thought, like, okay, that that's kind of cool. I liked the I'm going to be a naughty vampire god. Quinn had some great lines. Oh, that was good. I I'm going to be a naughty vampire god. Oh, I hate Quinn. I just hate oh, him. Oh, so come much. on. I hate him. He's so unnecessary. Why does Blake keep letting him live? Like, oh, my God. That, that just doesn't make sense. He'll Donald kill everybody knows. else, but he'll kill everybody else except for this one dude that he keeps bitching about throughout the movie. Like, oh, it's him again. Well, like, fucking try killing him like you did the 10 other people. And then he kills him super quick at the end. Yeah, really exactly. He just, but I hate but Yeah, him. I really don't like him. That was, I think that's sort of the running joke is like, oh, yeah, I could have killed this guy forever ago, but I'm just playing with him. Yeah, it's not much of a joke. So I did yeah. like that. I did like that he moved line yeah oh yeah <laughs> that was funny oh i do i do have one other kind of studio note i don't i don't know if this is a studio note but it's like is this something that should be taken out or was it something you were vibing on when blade bites karen okay it is very sexual extremely sexual should it be more sexual less sexual or is this exactly the right amount of sexual that you want it to be i mean if you throw in tracy lords into the mix i no, say there's no tracy make lords. It more Just put, if you put right. ice skates on them if you put ice skates on them. <laughs> no no i'm being i'm being serious i think I, I think that's the only scene that was done well in this in terms of the right amount of tension in the scene. I mean, I, I don't like, again, to Melissa's point that you have to use somebody to make somebody else successful and, and she's fine. Right. After all of that. Um, but I, I thought that with all the other stuff that was going on around it, it was certainly much more appealing to watch than the skeletons coming out of people's faces because it was juxtaposed with that portion. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think given the gravitas, that part was actually filmed well compared to the cluster that every other scene behind it was. And maybe I'm maybe I'm just biased because the rest of it was trash. So <laughs> I thought that scene was, you know, more enjoyable in in the sense of how it was filmed. But um, again, it's not a lot to compare to in this. <laughs> I, I'm kind of of two minds about that scene, like. You know, if you read books, because I, when I was younger, I used to be really into vampires and I read a lot of different books and stuff. And and all the Mm -hmm. origins of most vampires, like the earliest ones, even Dracula, there's a certain eroticism to it. Like this Mm -hmm. connection that that they have with that person. And, and, you know, it's it's supposed to be, you know, arousing. And uh, so, and there was nothing arousing about this movie really, except for that, you know, it was kind of nice to see that. But at the same time, um, you know, going back to what I said earlier, uh, you know, Karen was just abused by Blade throughout this movie emotionally and and verbally. And to see him almost kill her on top of everything else he'd put her through using her as bait, you know, she could have died. It just, uh, rang really untrue for me you know what i mean um i i just didn't like to see it because i mean how much more are we going to put this poor woman through maybe that's why she didn't come back she was like fuck you you know like so yeah i i i liked it but 
I mean, did he really have to almost kill her? It just, ugh. Well, it, it, I don't know. It just was, it was so, like, she kept saying, don't stop, don't stop. And then at the end, he has this crazy bloodgasm. And I'm just like, I, I, considering the fact that he is literally draining her life, it, I don't know. I, it's like sometimes I'm just too puritanical and Mormon for my own good. And I was just like, eh, this feels a little too icky for me. But you know, I don't know. Plus the hepatitis. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't want to distract from what Melissa said about the way that he treated her and all those things, because that's, the overall feeling that I think we should take from this is that it was just really fucked. But also like having experienced kink and a flair for BDSM and just like little intro parts of it. I don't know. There is something erotic about like when you're in that state of mind that the idea of draining the life, like giving, I don't know. I'm, Do you think Karen's it, a It's a bit hot. No, I don't. I no. don't. But watching it as someone who, who has a tendency towards a bit of that. Yeah. I've, and I think that that leads, lends itself to the eroticism of vampires and and the kink there i felt like they filmed the scene very well i feel like like you said melissa the treatment of the character was just total garbage like mm -hmm. dumpster trash so basically yeah. we should have all watched interview with a vampire which is a much more erotic much better filmed vampire yes yeah that is an because that is a sexy movie <laughs> Like, if we're taking this one scene by itself, I think it was done really well. I don't support the character development and arc and think, I don't know. I'm going to stop talking now. Yeah. Also, also, don't go suck other people's blood without their permission, I think. is. Yeah, at least yeah. there was consent. That was that was important. I And right. that's why I posed this question. I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer to this. Um. Yeah. So I I think it's it's just something interesting. Yeah. How so. about in, in to Melissa's point? I think is which, as Brooke you said, is really sound. In a vacuum, this is a well put together scene. In context, a little icky. Yeah. How, yeah. How it's kind of the because yeah. I would I would agree with all of that. Yeah, that's why I'm yep. of two minds about that. But yep. yep, I would agree. Yeah. Cool. Uh. Any other one-liners or quotes? Yes. yes. That was so I just, Thanks, I just want to know how many times Napoleon Dynamite watched this show. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yes. Um, best side characters. Tracy Lords. <laughs> Everyone's vote. No, Karen. Karen, Karen is obviously... Karen. Well, or I mean, Whistler. maybe you say Karen isn't the side character. I, I, I didn't. Character. I said Whistler because I didn't consider her a main character. Yeah, right. I yeah. did too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
I'm I'm reading Gosh, I'm reading a post online and it said Karen wasn't in the sequel because she had to talk to the manager. And I thought that was. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Well done, Reddit. Thank you for that enlightening moment. Oh, no. I appreciate it. Internet. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Whistler's great. Uh, Tracy Lord's fantastic. I mean, she was only there for like 30 seconds. His mom, uh, 12 thumbs down. Awful, awful use of a character. Mm-hmm. The mom and and a and a terrible youth use of Sana Latham's too. Yeah, I mean she's she's so good in so many things, and it's like she gets fridged, and it's like wait, I know her, she's great. Yeah, and then it's like, and then she comes back, and it's like, oh, the 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 creepy know. the guy in the morgue isn't that the dude from the crow? Is it? Is it? Didn't he died. <laughs> I think it is. I think it's, um, see how good, how awful goodness felt. I think it's that guy. Really? It's, yeah. it's been too long since I've seen The Crow. I don't you know. You are supposed to be watching that movie every three months. I just saw that film uh, a month ago. Here, let me. I don't remember. Yeah, I know. I know you had to. I did not join you in that. I'm sad. <laughs> I love that movie. Um, yeah. I think it's the same guy. So, I don't know. Um, all the right. other the other side character that was brilliant was that 1968 Dodge Charger that is one of my favorite cars of all that's time. A great car, God, that such a great a car. Great like car. we should have had Doug Willoughby on this podcast so he could tell us all about that car. All about it. That's a great car. Is that? I mean, that's like better than like at least half of Bond's car, right? Yeah, well, it's better than that uh, invisible car that Pierce Brosnan drove. The piece of shit. It's well, not better than a self-driving <laughs> submarine. That's oh, sure. <laughs> the Lotus submarine. <laughs> it's better than the the AMC Mercury Cougar that oh. he drove <laughs> around. <laughs> uh, the, the canals of uh, of Thailand and did a jump with the racist sheriff. Yeah, better than that. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Join us on last season of Shitty Cars <laughs> and Bond movies. All right. Um. Well, we didn't do best tech, and we're we're retiring best tech or gadget now, so we didn't get to talk about that. But instead, we are bringing in a new category for this season: best song. Because we're going to be doing lots oh, of Disney movies back. and lots of musicals. Best so what? What it what what did, what did you, you think, think it was, Brooke? He said best song, and I thought he was going to say sex. Oh, I mean, yes, not, very not, appropriate for Disney movies. Lots yeah. of known for sex. <laughs> Go get it, princess. Uh, anyway, best, best song. Um, who who's got a favorite song from Bl- this? Sound? Blood rave scene is the best Ugh. song. Agreed. The, yes. That's the the New Order confusion it pump is. panel reconstruction mix. It's correct. It's yeah. a great song. Yes, that is that is the correct answer. Thank you. Um, but well I will. Done. I don't know. There are. Uh, does you anybody can also else have text to it? And then Brooks' category is also resolved. <laughs> there we go. So. Come on, blood orgy, blood orgy <laughs> song. Hence the confusion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or there, 
any any other favorite songs from the soundtrack? I hated most of it, so no. I, <laughs> I hated I hated all of it. Tough but fair. Yep. I don't now, know. I Wait. love New Order, so that's okay. But most techno just. I think I still have techno fatigue from the 90s because it was all over the place. Yep. Like, 20 years later, I'm still like, no, that's okay. Right. I, I used to DJ around this time, and holy fuck. Like, from Thursday to Sunday, it was this nonstop starting at 8, 39 o'clock, and it's all people wanted to hear. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, there's some good hip-hop. I can still hear it. There's some good hip-hop in the the soundtrack too. Though. I don't I mean, like KRS, anything about this movie when it comes the to KRS One song is really good. Um, there's a good Roger Sanchez song. Anyway, but barely in the movie though, which is weird. Um, so I, I don't know. Then I mean, there, it's not like we were hurting for great music in the late '90s, right? Like, like, what would you have? What else would you have wanted in this movie? Like name name some like ninety seven to ninety nine music that would have fit in here. Shit, man! I would have put some Soundgarden in there. Yeah, that doesn't work for this movie, though. Well, yeah, you know what? It doesn't. You got it. You got to keep the shitty techno because <sighs> you really do. I mean, you've got you. You could throw in some more palatable techno like Crystal Method and Chemical Brothers and stuff, which is what we get in the in the next movie. Yeah, exactly. Which works, but I think so. I think Prodigy is probably. Oh yeah, they actually turned this down because of time commitments. They wanted them to do this. Oh seriously, that would have worked. Not surprising because again, you need the mix in this movie. You need the mix of more of a hip hop vibe with the techno, and I think they just went. The, the, the hip hop got drenched out by, I think, more rave style techno. And I think you're right. I think it you could have put some tool in it. Yes, dude. No, tool would have worked. Not, not all of tool, not all of it, but there were some parts it could have fit into. We did I do like like get not, the, not the tool was out at this time, though. They hadn't advanced to the, at this point. Really? It's still old tool. When did, uh, when did Parabola? It would have worked. This is 2001. You're thinking of 2000. So this would have been what uh, Enema? Yeah. Yeah. Enema could have worked. Yeah, Enema would have worked. Mm-hmm. Was still pretty rocky. Like yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. There's some definite uh, tracks. I think if it was in mixed Enema. in, I think if it was mixed in with the other stuff, it could have made the soundtrack just more palatable. Or even Nine Inch Nails would have worked. Yeah, Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, Marilyn Manson. Yeah, Use I mean the, the John Wick films. But then but I do and then like you're, Prodigy. I like Prodigy a lot. Yeah, uh, but I mean, and then you're basically describing the Matrix soundtrack, which <laughs> you know comes out a year later, which isn't a wrong answer. I mean, which isn't a much better movie either. Which which is a much better movie. No. So I mean, no. But I think I think that's yeah, <laughs> no. that's where no. you go. I, I no, no. I dig the Matrix hard. I hated it. Well, I, the first movie, the second movie is just so stupid, and then the third one was just missed opportunities. Wait, but but Brooke, do you fundamentally think that the Matrix is not better than this first Blade movie, or do you dislike the Matrix that much? Really, I really just dislike the Matrix that much. Wow. Yeah, I really truly did. I. 
I, I remember, like, if I were to go off of my first take of watching these two movies, oh, hands down, I would have watched Blade a hundred times over before I watched Matrix again. Wow. Wow. Well, Back then. Now, like, if I'm looking at it now, I would probably feel differently. Well, I obviously would feel differently about it, but... We'll yeah, need no, to... They're both, pretty, they're both pretty cheesy now. When we get to talking about The Matrix in, like, 2024... Like we'll, <laughs> when we'll have to, you know, yeah. When Keanu Reeves does his Tom Cruise thing and tries to get all his movies filmed in two years. All <laughs> I will say that I like Keanu Reeves much more now, and I think I would enjoy the movie a bit more. But it was ugh, so fucking like emo and angsty and just garbage. I just wow, whatever. I like you were ice skating uphill, Brooke. <laughs> uh, I know I'm in the minority here too, so and that's fine. That's fine. At at some point, Brooke, okay, Brooke, go and watch The Matrix and think about it oh, no. as a metaphor for the Wachowskis exploring feeling wrong about living in one's own body and transcending into feeling comfortable in like feeling like something is wrong with the universe by living in your body and transitioning into a more comfortable body state. If, if the mate, the first matrix film is actually a giant metaphor for trans issues, I think like it may be the most amazing goddamn movie we've ever seen that like we had no idea in 1999. Um, but looking back on it, I'm like, oh, that was a cool action movie at the time. And now I think about it. Right. Like, I, think I do they like were that take on it more. Like, stuff. When I watched it, I remember, because that's when I, like, I watched it when I had my first, like, legit girlfriend. And when I was, like, in friggin' Mormonville, Ephraim, Utah, dealing with all these other things and feeling completely out of my body. And maybe it was just too close to home. Maybe it was, like, too simplified of a solution for the problem that I was living in. It's. I mean, that's like, also a really esoteric take on it too. At the right, same like, time, it's, like, it's I a can, and I think that's part of what I didn't like about it. Like, I could take a pill and just like be fine. Like everything, which is that's never going to fucking happen. Like this is just too simplified. I kind of wish I could do that. Right, right but well, it's not. A, cool? But it's not a solution, and so therefore, it's just patronizing and freaking aggravating. Right. Yeah. So not the movie we're talking about. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. But this movie, is this movie a good movie or not? I think this movie is a good movie. Half of it's a good movie. I'd go with JB on that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it's it's entertaining. It's entertaining. That's for damn sure. Yep. Yeah? Okay. And is Blade a good person or a bad person? He's not a person at all. He's a fire. Sure he's he is. A person. He's half mm-hmm. human. Yeah. He's a daywalker. No, I don't he's know. He's an but... anti-hero. That's neither good nor bad. It's both. You know, like, it's 
because he, he wants to do something good. I mean, he's protecting humans by killing these vampires, but at the same time, he's an asshole, you know? So he, yeah. he mistreats people and, you know, I, I mean, yes, he saved that little girl, you know, the one in the park with when Deacon came out with all that sunscreen on, you know, but right. So, so he does want to do good, but sometimes his methods are, you know, questionable. And, and look, I know he was just killing that, that bedridden obese vampire. I get it. You know, it's a vampire <sighs> killing it, but damn, I hate Andy's new favorite cosplay. I have seen like just the <laughs> God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think, yeah, overall, I, I think there's this, there's this book on screenwriting called save the cat, which is like all about screenwriting tricks to like, say like, this is what your character should do. And this is how you write in. And your hero should always have a save the cat moment, like an alien or like an alien when Ellen Ripley goes back to save Jonesy the cat because she doesn't have to, but you save the cat and then your audience will love Ripley no matter what she does the rest of the movie because she saved the cat. Um, so um, I think that this movie does that screenwriting trick with save the cute little girl so that we're like oh yeah well blade is a good guy after he throws her through the ice cream thing though it's not like i feel like he accidentally is a good guy like i don't think he intends to be a good guy i think he accident like he he didn't save her until after the deacon frost chucked her through three right like mobile food places right didn't he throw right. her through like an ice cream cart and yeah like he hucked her forty feet. Yeah. Now How does she survive that? <laughs> right. Right. So, I mean, maybe he's a good person because he's the lesser of two evils. Right. Well, uh, I don't. I don't think what he's doing, he's doing for good. I think he's doing it out of vengeance, and I don't yep. think that's necessarily. I mean, that's better than the other, but I don't. I mean, is he a good character in a vacuum? Yes. Um. It, but is he good? inherently i would say no so yeah but i don't know that anybody other than karen is and maybe whistler right but again yeah. there's a lot of vengeance going on so yeah it depends on how that clouds your meaning of the word good i guess well that but that's that's the beauty of the question is it gets to mean whatever we want it to mean what do you think good entails right and so um you know is is he a good person i don't know um, I think the script tries to trick us into thinking he is a good person. I think he's a good. I vampire. don't think he's a good person. I think yeah. for a vampire, he's good. I think for a per a human, he's. I think we need we need two more movies to determine. We need Ryan Reynolds to tell us <laughs> what Blade's character arc is. <laughs> Great, yeah. Get the guy. Hey, hey, studio note. Get the guy from Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place to be in this movie and help us yes, figure out its moral it center. Would have been great in this I movie. love it. Right. <laughs> this movie needs Van Wilder to tell us what's up. He wasn't even Van Wilder at this point. He was just Pete from Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place. Wait a yep. minute. Van Wilder was after Blade 3? No. Well, oh, yeah. 
but I'm saying oh. in 1998. Oh, okay. So we're just Van Wilder was 2000, 2001. I don't, I don't remember, know. man. All I know is that I, I want to say 2001, Andy, because I think I saw. I think it was in. I think you came down to visit, and it was in Mission Valley. So I think it was 01. That that potentially sounds right. So yeah. All right, and our final question. This is this is the big question Uh-oh. for the entirety no. of season two. There was not enough water. So no. No. Well, the question is: Is should you show this to children? No. Especially no. impressionable young girls. No, you no. shouldn't show the terrible CGI part for sure. Because to just... anybody of any age, <laughs> <laughs> don't show this to anybody, especially children. All right. Well, that's Blade. Um, thanks, everybody. We're gonna we'll do number two next week. Um, anybody have anything else they want to? they want to say or plug before we this this sounds terrible but this is my least favorite of the blade movies wow yeah yeah isn't that crazy i I, okay i I might agree with that yeah i have to to revisit trinity uh to see what i think about it now but but if it's if it if i'm feeling the same way i felt back then i would agree with you trinity had the same bad setup it just had interesting characters and i think that's why i liked trinity more at least i had like i was rooting for ryan reynolds and i was rooting for the like there were people in trinity i rooted for and this one i'm like oh whatever like no one's built any character value for me and then of course two is guillermo so that one's just by far the good one but yeah so mark that's a note for us to revisit when we get to trinity yeah did did that hold true or did we um, do I regret my statement? I haven't, I haven't seen Trinity in forever, so that that's yeah. going to be interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I, that's yeah. Nice yeah. No, that's great. Okay. Uh, thanks, everybody, for being here. We'll, uh, we'll see you all next week. And um, Andy, what's yeah. your next article? What's my next article? I, you know, I... I think I'm going to I'm trying to write something about Falcon and the Winter Soldier and um, the military industrial complex. Um, The idea that the same people who created John Walker are the same people who created Eric Killmonger. um, And they're the same people who wanted to control the Avengers via the Sokovia Accords. Right. very bad. Don't do it. Don't don't trust the military industrial complex. Very bad. Um, and don't let don't let them control, uh, um, you know, Captain America and his legacy. It's better to let you know Sam and Bucky be free agents out on their own. Um, that's that's something I'm noodling around on and trying. Nice. To- and you have out. to stand Julia Louis Dreyfus as well. Oh, oh, so oh my gosh, Lady Hydra! <laughs> oh my gosh, Lady Hydra's gonna died. be awesome. I died so much when she when she showed up. That was the best. Oh my gosh, I was wondering what the hell was happening until she said her name, and I'm like, oh shit, they went there. Yeah, yeah, that was so cool. Yep, 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 yep. That made me that made me very happy and I'm glad we can talk about that now. 
Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's been the requisite number of days. We're yes, allowed it to has be been. And talk about I'm that. eating chips just in case you need to say something that needs to be drowned out by background noise. No, it's all good. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> bye, everyone. Stay safe. Um, watch Blade 2, and we'll we'll see you next time. Woo! Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Big kiss, everybody. Mwah. No. Thank you. That will be all. God damn it. That's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. This show is part of the Geek Nerd Network. Geek Nerd Network. Find more shows like it at geeknerdnetwork.com. This is Janet.